I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. episode 300 of real life ghost stories and i have four spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from the 11th of july 2023 and story number one comes from imelda when my son was about three or four we were driving home after visiting my parents my grandfather had recently passed and as we drove home my husband and i were quietly talking about his passing concern for my mom's grief and details of the service etc We thought our son was asleep in his car seat, but he suddenly said, I remember when I died. We were caught off guard and paused for a second, not sure how to react, not wanting to overreact. So I did the mom sing-song voice. You did? My son said, yes. He pauses, sad, and then explains, I got hurt. In my tummy. He pats his belly. And then I died. My husband and I looked at each other, freaking out but faking calm on the outside. Said some parenting words like, oh no, that is sad. And my son said, "Mm mm-hmm. The interesting thing is, my son had an unusual interest in the Civil War as he grew up, and he has a birthmark on his belly. Is it a body memory of where he was shot in a past life? He actually visited Gettysburg as a teen on a high school field trip and said he felt so much there. We've talked about his little boy comment over the years and he does admit to a strong pull to that era. Strange, isn't it? It definitely gave me a chill when it happened and it felt true. Imelda, there's something about that last line where you said, and it felt true. And I totally know what you mean and can't describe it. So you know those moments when, like, you know, we've all been around kids at some point or another for a short space of time or a long space of time I've got about a thousand nieces and nephews you know so you spend some time with kids or whatever or with people or whoever it is and somebody says something that is shocking or sounds paranormal and for whatever reason the world stops like you you feel like I don't know why and I don't know how but whatever you are saying right now is absolutely true and it's like an overwhelming sense of this just is and I do think there's something in it like I think there is something in children having past lives that they remember things and when they're children they're more open to it so they just accept it and they talk about it and they're not afraid of it but maybe we lose these memories as we get older or we just stop being able to connect with them in the same way I would recommend that if anybody is interested in a story about past lives particularly in this notion of scars like body memories of where somebody is shot or somebody's injured in a past life the story of the Pollock twins is a really good one I I spoke about it recently on TikTok 
and I'd forgotten about how fascinating and compelling the story is but again it has this idea of scars being reminiscent of an injury in a past life and there is something very interesting about it. I just realised I've been saying scars and of course I mean birthmarks being reminiscent of scars from a past life. So I interestingly don't have a birthmark well that you can see. Um, I have a birthmark on the back of my neck, a, a sort of a vivid red line on the back of my neck um, that is, <laughs> that only comes up every now and then, like you don't see it all the time. I think it's sort of I don't know, it comes and goes. It's a very strange one, but it is on the back of my neck. And sometimes I think, what if I was like beheaded in a past life or something? And that's why it's there. And ladies and gentlemen, I think this story warrants our first, our first wonderful, stunning, glorious, creepy kid jingle. This one comes in from Mary and it is a vibe. It is a bop. And Imelda, your son should be honoured to have bestowed upon him the first playing of a creepy kid jingle. If they have black eyes, talk about past lives, fill your heart with dread standing by your bed, see ghosts in their room or foretell your doom, they're a creepy kid. Mary, you are a marvel, a wonder, and I thoroughly enjoyed your creepy kid jingle. Thank you for sending it in. I'm keeping that one on file and we will we will bring it out whenever there are creepy kids. I also have other creepy kid jingles in my email arsenal, so if you send in a creepy if you have sent in a creepy kid jingle, then keep an ear out because the more there are creepy children, the more your jingle will be played. And story number two comes from Mike. This afternoon in the bio building at work, I heard the sound of the top part of the printer being lifted up for scanning and closed down violently. I went into the printer room and nobody was there. In one of the bathrooms in the bio building, I saw one of the lockers open by itself, swinging open and banging against the wall. Seeing that took me by surprise and scared me. I finished washing my hands and got out of there as soon as I could. Big important existential question for you all. Are all printers not inherently haunted? I honestly think that printers are proper sentient beings. Like my printer spends 90% of the time not working. And then suddenly it'll decide, you know what, I am going to print this document for you, but I'm going to print it 70 times in colour. What you asked for it once in black and white? No, no. I, as a machine, am possessed by the ghost of a very strong-willed Victorian teenage woman who does not want to marry that older man that she is betrothed to. So I'm going to print whatever I want whenever I want. However, I will say seeing the locker door open and banging against the wall would make me go, ooh, haunted printer. I can get on board with, I can understand, I can see. It's sort of a prerequisite of being a printer. Haunted locker, less... I'd be, I'd be less flippant about it, I think. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And strain number three comes from Kieran. I'll start by saying my great-grandmother passed away from cancer, which she didn't even know about, probably around a few weeks before this happened. At the time, I was just about nine, so I didn't really have a real understanding about what was going on, as my parents didn't want to upset me too much. I remember for a while after blaming myself and thinking it was my fault for not going to see her more when she was alive, even though I was only a kid. Often crying over it, wherever I was, including in school, which is a vivid memory for me even today. This passed as you would expect and things went back to normal and I remember making sure I asked to see my great-grandfather more because I was worried that this would happen to him. Then one night I remember being restless, which is normal for me, not quite being able to get back to sleep or even comfortable. At the time I would sleep with the door open, not fully but enough that you wouldn't need to push it to come into my room. But I couldn't see out through it as my bed was the opposite end of the room to the door. Outside my door on the landing was a window facing the street, where there was a street lamp which was pretty much directly in line with my door. I remember rolling around to get comfortable and back to sleep when I turned towards my bedroom door. In the light that was coming into my room through the open door, there was a silhouette of someone standing outside my door, perfectly still, along the wall. I did as any kid that age would do and I froze. I didn't know what was going on, but from what I could see, there must have been someone standing outside my door. Obviously, the initial thought was that it was one of my parents, as my sister was only five at the time, and wouldn't be tall enough to make such a shadow. The problem with that was that this shadow was not the shape of either of my parents. My dad was almost bald, and my mum had the classic Karen-style haircut. Yet, this shadow's hair was completely different. I stared for a few minutes, not moving and terrified at what I was looking at, but for some reason felt I needed to do something. So I shouted for my mum, like any self-respecting child would do. The problem was that the shadow stayed perfectly still and my mum didn't answer, so I did the next best thing and shouted for my dad, which elicited the same response. Nothing. I was terrified at this point. Whoever was standing outside my door was not responding to me shouting and was just standing there. After a few more minutes of sitting frozen, staring at the shadow, not knowing what to do, it moved like whoever it was was walking away in the opposite direction to my parents' bedroom. At this point, once it was completely gone, I did the only thing I could think of and ran to my parents' room. They were both asleep and had no idea what I was on about, assuming I had had a bad dream and that was it. I've thought about that night ever since, never being able to work out what I saw. It wasn't my parents or my little sister. It wasn't someone outside on the street standing there as the landing window was the same height as the street light. Nothing could have been blocking that light from the outside or inside the house. There is one person who I can 100% assure you matched the shadow standing outside my door that I saw that night. My great-grandmother... I think it was her way of telling me that it wasn't my fault, to stop being silly, blaming myself and that she would always be with me. I don't know if I'm right or reaching for answers, but it's the only thing I can think of. I don't think it's a case of you being right or reaching for answers. I think, Kieran, this is exactly what happened. Do you know what I mean? You saw this shadow. It was the shape of your great-grandmother. 
you felt that it was her coming back to tell you that it wasn't your fault to stop being silly to stop blaming yourself and that she'll always be with you then that's what happened I can't even imagine how hurt and sort of heartbroken and upset that she would be for you that as a child you thought it was somehow your fault that you hadn't gone to see her enough or that you weren't there enough and that it was somehow your fault that she had passed away which obviously is not true we know that's not true as adults so why would she not come back as you know from 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 wherever you go when you die why would she not come back to be like I'm here it's okay I'm looking out for you it's not your fault you are not to blame I will always be here for you and I will always be looking out for you our human brains can be such cruel things sometimes and this is a real a a, a classic case of one of those moments when the human brain is really cruel where it creates this understanding this pattern of like oh my great-grandmother passed away and I didn't go and see her enough and that that's probably what happened oh I just can't I just yeah it's just awful really isn't it but I'm glad that she was able to sort of come back and tell you in her own way in whatever way that was that you weren't to blame and that she would always be with you and story number four comes from Kirsty. This happened before I was born, so not my experience, but it was a very visceral and creepy story from my childhood, which still shits me up a bit even 30-ish years later. My parents moved into a semi-detached cottage in a small village in Essex, which was also their first home together. They quickly adopted the dogs that I grew up with and lived there happily for a few years. The house next door was never occupied, which was great because it meant them and the dogs could be as loud as they liked. However, soon after they moved in, they started to hear noises from next door. When they were in bed, they would listen to the sound of doors slamming coming through the adjoining wall. My dad was convinced there were kids sneaking in there at night and wanting to make sure the cottage wasn't becoming a squat or being vandalised by kids. They borrowed the keys from the farmer, also their landlord, and went in to see if there was any damage or signs of entry, etc., When they went in, they saw that there was no evidence of anyone having been there, no sign of anyone breaking in or anything which would indicate anyone had lived there for years. They did notice, however, that the dogs wouldn't follow them into the house and quickly turned around and went back into their garden with their heckles raised. They decided that the door slamming must be due to the wind or a change in air pressure in the house, so they wedged all the doors open and assumed that would be the end of the banging noises. They're both sceptics, but have admitted that they have both had supernatural experiences. Even so, my mum swears that although the dogs were being weird, the thought didn't cross their minds that anything spooky was going on. So that night, they went to bed not expecting to hear anything, but you guessed it, they could hear banging through the walls again. They went to the neighbouring cottage again the next day, only for the dogs to refuse to go in again, and found all the doors still wedged back. Freaked out now, they left the house unable to explain away the sound of the door slamming anymore. When they returned the keys to the farmer who owned both cottages, they reported that they couldn't find any sign that anyone had been in there, wedged all the doors back and were still hearing them slam at night. They also mentioned the dogs refusing to go in. The cottages had been a part of the farm for decades and so the farmer was well aware of their history. After hearing what my parents told him, He must have thought that they deserved to know why they might be experiencing these weird nocturnal noises. 
He explained that a young couple were living in the next door cottage in the 30s and when World War II broke out, the man was conscripted and went off to fight. On his return home, he came home to find his wife in bed with another man and on seeing this, he shot her, her lover, and then hung himself in the tree in the front garden. Apparently there had been a few people move into the cottage over the years, but they had quickly moved out and the farmer had given up trying to let it. My parents continued to hear the noises next door, but no longer bothered trying to stop them. They also made it clear to my sister and I that you should always trust dogs' instincts about people and places. They're almost always right. We all know that dogs and cats are the best tools in any paranormal investigation. You send a dog in there and if the dog is like, I'm not going in there, you know there's a ghost, right? That's a fact. You send a cat in there and if the cat's like, no, you go first, don't worry about it, you know there's a ghost. Fact. What I really enjoy about this story is that the fact that your parents are sceptics, right? So they weren't sitting here going, whoa, the house next door is haunted. They were like, oh shit, somebody's breaking in at night time. We better go and check. Got the keys, went in and they were like, oh, nothing is displaced. Nothing is, nothing is where it shouldn't be. Let's wedge the doors open so we're not kept awake by the doors banging at night time. Oh, it's still happening. Great. Let's go speak to the farmer. And the farmer's like, yeah, about, about that cottage. It's It's haunted. What I would love to know about this story is what did the other people experience? And by that I mean, you know, the farmer said, look, other people tried to live in it. It never worked out. I've just given up trying to rent it. Like, what did the other people experience? Was it just the sound of slamming doors or was there other stuff that they experienced? I'm saying just the sound of slamming doors. Like, that wouldn't be terrifying enough when you're in the house on your own and you know it's not actually a slamming door. What a great story. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Imelda, Mike, Kieran and Kirsty for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story comes from July the 11th, 2023. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.